This is an ABC podcast. I've seen hell and I've You've returned. You've seen, heard and smelt hell. On. Hello, Zan. Welcome home. Thank you. Thank you. You've been in Bali. Oh, poolside in Bali. Is there any better soundtrack? <laughs> there was a lot of that. Haven't heard Everywhere any of the shit go. Bali music for a while. Everywhere we? you go, there's just, it's, I don't know, it, there's like a book of songs that everybody plays in every single venue and it's the same and it's got the same beat. Inoffensive. Inoffensive. Holiday vibes. Yeah. Bad sort of like, you know, vaguely softly house music covers of classic songs. Yeah, there's a bit of that, fair bit of that. Inappropriate dance remixes of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Yeah. <laughs> All of that stuff. Totally. And and like just lots of beats everywhere. It's like you can't go for a swim without beats. Well, why like, would you want to? Well, exactly. Or you can't <laughs> eat food without beets, you know? Like, we're just listening to beets, man, while we eat our Indonesian curry. Like, it's like, no. You Bit don't... of Nazi Lamak yeah. on the dance floor. <laughs> but it's all sort of, it's very, yeah, it's a lot after a while. And I think it got extra a lot by the end because moved hotels to a beautiful place that was a gorgeous bit of accommodation designed by a local Balinese designer, um, world-renowned, gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, just living my best life, yeah. bath in the window, this sort of business. Excuse me, please. Having a really nice time. And um, sadly, there was a venue nearby oh. that was a, like a day – it wasn't even near the water. Like it was just a pool in the middle of nowhere and it was behind us. And <laughs> And so the music was so freaking loud by the end. I was like, oh, I'm done. I, spent I need to Saturday, go home to get some peace and quiet. I spent Saturday night with Sneaky Sound System. <laughs> now, that's not a bad thing, but it was just a lot after a while. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was done with having beats with everything. You were there for quite a while, though, yeah. for a barley trip. Usually you go five days. You're there for like more than a week, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So. And I, look, I had a great time. It was gorgeous. It was really beautiful. The food was fantastic. As usual, I, I go and eat, basically, when I go to Bali. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and had lots of relaxing times, and that was good. Got Bali belly, sadly, Aww. which is never good when you go with your new fella and... <laughs> You know, like you really get to know each other. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? In is Bali, it, is this your first like, holiday together? No, no, okay. no. It's not our first, first but it's, a, it's our together. first Bali Belly together. <laughs> and um, you really get to know the intricacies of one another's um, bodily functions. And there's no hiding it. I went to uh, Sri Lanka a few years ago <laughs> and I was in a room, an Airbnb, where the toilet didn't even have a door. It just had a oh, sheet. God. And we got sick. Oh, God. We really got to know each other. Yeah, you do. It's <laughs> like all bets are off. After this one, you might as well, like, like you might as well be shacked up for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen hell, and I've You've returned. Seen, heard, and smelt hell. Yeah, and um, and they've seen it of you, and there's 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 no hiding anymore. So, I figure, yeah, the relationships move to a next level. Really, it's congratulations. Just, yeah, thanks. Fantastic. Here we are. Well, I'm very happy to see you. I did miss you. It did felt you? like a long time, yeah. and a lot happens in two weeks as well. Oh, no. Our Speaks and Specs episode went to air. I know I wasn't even in the country. How was it? I haven't seen it. It was very fun. It, I mean, like to be honest, we filmed this a little while ago, so mm. I'd almost forgotten about some of the stuff that happened. Came up well, I think. Oh, good. Spoiler alert: we, we won. won. <laughs> 
by one point, though. I know. It was down to the wire. Yeah. Steph Tisdale, very good on the picture game. She was so fast she on that incredible. buzzer. She was incredible. She was incredible. And I think that, like she said, which I, do, I think it probably came across, but she was saying throughout the record, Spicks and Specs is like her favourite show. Mm. She was so jazzed to be yeah. on the show. And that meant she knew every game inside out. So she was a fierce competitor. She really was. And that's the thing about the show too. There's so many younger folk coming up. And I say younger folk because I feel like an old lady <laughs> these days. Um, but the they all folk. grow up grew up watching it. And it is their favourite show, like legitimately and genuinely. They don't just say it like, you know, you and I might go on the show, yeah, it's my favourite show. Oh, shit, I've only watched one episode kind of thing. They genuinely grew up watching it. Yeah. And it's so lovely. So good. It yeah. was a beautiful episode. If you haven't watched it yet, um, sorry, you already know that we won. But it's fun mm. for the 45 minutes beforehand and you can watch it on iview. I also hung out with the Prime Minister while you are away. Tell me more about this. <laughs> I mean, we all know that... Hung out is a, you know, well, a bit of an embellishment. No, 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 happened. you can take that. You can take that. But we all know that, that Albo, uh, Anthony, our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, I should refer to him in a, in a formal sense, or as we knew him in previous life, DJ Albo, mm. um, is a music fan. Mm. So I, I always suspect that that, that that you two would meet. Well, what it happened? is. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because that that's the thing, like... I've seen him at different events and we've always known him colloquially as Albo, but the office demands and requires respect, rightfully. And I just had to remind myself of that, um, that, you know, he's the Prime Minister now, mm. even though he is a genuinely, you know, warm and friendly person, um, you know, you just got to give respect to where it's due. So I was hosting an event for Support Act, which some people might have heard of, amazing a charity. organisation. Yeah, they help people in the music industry, both on stage and off, who've hit hard times, whether they've been injured or they're um, unwell or they just can't work for a while. You know, music industry is an unconventional workplace. There's not often health insurance or sick leave associated with it. So Support Act have been stepping up for 25 years. And I love what they do. And so I hosted their annual fundraiser where they were uh, honouring Midnight Oil for their services to the community. So the oils were there. And the Prime Minister was speaking on, you know, the acknowledgement of Midnight Oil's incredible service to the community. Who are you more excited to meet, though, the Oils or the Prime Minister? I got one selfie <laughs> in the whole night and it was with Albo. Sorry, the Prime Minister. But I was nervous too because it's a room full of music industry yeah. and it's pretty much all of the head honchos from every label, every touring company. And they're people that I know, mm. but it's still kind of daunting when you're standing up there. And so I sort of acknowledged that when I got up on stage in this beautiful venue in Sydney and I just sort of said, you know, um, look, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I mean, the Prime Minister's here and he was sat right in front of me, Ooh. in front of the lectern looking straight at me. Oh so I'm kind of nervous. He's, you know, the Prime Minister's <laughs> right there. And then I thought I'll, I'll do a joke about the fact that the night before he'd been seen sculling a schooner at the Gang of Youth show. Yeah. I'll just, you know, sort of take the tension out of the room. But I didn't realise that in the setup of my joke I was adding another punchline and actually kind of throwing him under the bus. <gasps> so I said, I'm kind of nervous. You know when you do that thing um, when you're nervous and you just imagine everyone in the room naked? Oh, yeah. And then I just paused, at which point everyone in the room is imagining the Prime Minister, Anthony <laughs> Albanese, naked. And they all start laughing. And I'm like, oh, no, I messed it up. I didn't get to the punchline. I forgot this part. And then I said, well, I'm just going to imagine Albo sculling a schooner. And I think that puts us all at ease and that everyone kind of tittered and clapped. But I'd already absolutely destroyed him with <laughs> <New> <laughs> imagining <laughs> he's naked. So that was my thing. Oh, 
That sounds like a hoot. It was a really beautiful night and they raised $100,000 for Support Act. So thank you to everyone who was there. If you happen to be Bang Fam and in the music industry, it was beautiful. And um, yeah, you can see my selfie with Albo. Uh, sorry, the Prime Minister um, <laughs> on my Instagram. Hey, speaking of the music industry, I just wanted to quickly acknowledge that... Uh, literally just moments before we started recording today's Bang On, a huge report, 78 pages long, called The Music Industry Review has just been published. This is a review that's been uh, looking into sexual harm, sexual harassment and systemic discrimination. And it's been worked on for a long time. We haven't had the chance to digest this, even read it, and we didn't want to skim it and then talk about it in Bang On this week, but we will be talking about it next week. Mm. If you've seen it and you're wondering why we didn't talk about it, we literally just came out moments before we pressed record on today. Yeah, and as you mentioned, it is a pretty unpredictable and unregulated industry, the music industry, and I think a report like this possibly confirms what a lot of people have known and understood to be happening in the music industry and it hasn't been necessarily policed or even investigated up mm. until the last few years. So I think it's a really interesting report and, and one that, that yeah, we'll, we'd like to spend some time with. Yeah, very necessary. And in that same token, there's been allegations in the last week, which you may have seen, about Wynne Butler, the lead singer of Arcade Fire. There's a huge been... band for Double J, for Triple J. That's, you know, they're, they're huge globally. Yeah, indie heroes. And also at the centre of this band is a, a marriage, a relationship between Wynne Butler and Regina his wife. Some allegations have come out of sexual misconduct from three women who said that they were in sexual relationships with Wynne Butler when they were significantly younger than him. There was a power imbalance and they now believe that that the imbalance of power while they were seeing Wynne Butler was unfair and they've made allegations of sexual misconduct. And one non-binary person who has made allegations of sexual assault against Wynne Butler. If this is news to you and you're gasping because it was a shock when it came through, we're going to put the full story that Pitchfork did. It was a a very long story with all the details and put that in the show notes as well. Hey, very big week for this legend. Did you hear this around the pool at Bali? I sure did, and I loved it, actually. And I'm I loving it now. It. I, I love the idea that Elton John's going to do one feel-good summer hit every year. He did he did one this year with Dua Lipa, which I loved. Yeah. Um, that was so good, Cold Heart. And he decided to embrace Britney Spears, a woman who has had all of the struggles in the last however many years, in, in fact, for probably the majority of her life. He has embraced her in her moment of, of, of great pain, but also re-entering the world as the person that she wants to show. With her own voice. Exactly. And they did that version of Tiny Dancer. And it's got a couple of other songs thrown in there as well. A um, couple of more recent ones of Elton John's hits. But how lovely. So good. And How I, bloody lovely. So bloody love, And it really is great. Like, it just makes you feel good. I like that he's let her vocals step to the front of the song. Like, he's really let her own this this music. And obviously, she's chosen certain verses, which can take on a different weight, considering the context in which mm. she's singing them, about what she's singing about. There was a really interesting 
interesting piece actually about um, the making of it with Elton John. It was an interview, I think it was with Laura Snape's great music journo yeah. in The Guardian. And she spoke to Elton and also to Andrew Watt, who was the producer who worked on the track. And they were talking about the process of getting her on board. And they really spoke about um, basically how much they wanted to make her feel safe and confident and loved and supported because trust had been so eroded in her life. So they wanted to make sure that, you know, she knew how great she sounded and they talked about how strong her vocal performance was, Mm. how she took control, she knew exactly what she was doing and what she wanted to achieve out of the session. She was producing it with Andrew in the room but also just then the feedback from the audience, how nervous she was because, you know, if you think about what she's gone through, she doesn't know who to believe and who to trust for the last 13 years that she's been in this conservatorship and just because she's out of it doesn't mean that it's changed. Like she can just flip back and be like, oh, it's all good now. She's been living in a bubble for pretty much her entire life. It takes a lot, doesn't it? It's going to take a lot more than a short amount of time and a little bit of freedom for her to get any kind of sense of of a normal life. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if she, you know, she's been sharing the details of her conservatorship on her Instagram in quite long posts where she's typed into her phone and sort of screenshotted the notes. But this week, just a few days after this song was released, she posted a 22-minute audio recording recorded on her phone detailing a lot of the things that went down in her conservatorship, how it started the sort of work that she was forced to do, how she felt, yep. that betrayal she felt particularly by her mother and her sister. And this is the first time that we have heard her voice tell this story. She acknowledged that she's been pitched all kinds of interviews, including from Oprah, and she just doesn't want to do that. And she put it up. She did take it down, but, of course, her fans had already captured yeah. the audio and you can find it online. And she just sounded so clear, so, so lucid, yeah. so focused in sharing this story and also the most devastating part about it, just so hurt and confused as to why her family did this to her. Yeah. Uh, there was many moments in this and there are moments where she's kind of muffling, she's speaking close into mm. the phone and you can't hear it quite well, but I'll post a video of the audio where it is captioned if you're wondering. But th- this moment in particular really stuck with me towards um, the end of this confessional that she gave. If you're a weird, introvert, oddball like me, who feels alone a lot of the time and you needed to hear a story like this today so you don't feel alone, know this, my life has been far from easy and you're not alone. Once again, just sharing her story yeah. so that her platform can help others. That's right. And she's she wants to talk about it. Mm. And that's part of getting through severe trauma is being able to acknowledge it and speak about it without shame and without fear. Mm. And she's doing it. And like she said, she could have gone to Oprah for millions of dollars and and done a tell-all, but she's like, I can't wait. I need to be talking about this now. I need Mm. to get it out. Mm. I need to be open. And also control her own narrative for once. Exactly, exactly. And I think posting this is the most real and appropriate way she can do it you know it's not sit down with makeup on and and put you under the best light and all that kind of stuff she's like fuck it I'm done with that mm. I'm just getting it out there yeah and I love it I love it for her I mean I can't imagine how traumatic it must be to be seeing all these things that she's seeing now that happened to her while she was under a conservatorship but yeah it's it it's a relief that she's being able to talk about it and get it out there Free Britney. I really have had this on repeat nonstop. Where's the? Woo, woo. 
<laughs> What's that song I keep thinking of every time I hear it? I'm just seeing you now, Paul's side as well. I'll never get that out of my head. I love that all your photos that you posted while you're in Bali were just poolside with multiple drinks. I know. Well, which that is was the Bali when, experience. But that was when the earthquake happened. There was an earthquake. Fortunately, there was no injuries or damage. It happened in the sea. There was no tsunami, thank goodness. Um, but I went straight to the bar. That was how I recovered from the shock. But it was pretty Hold full on. Hold me closer, pina colada. <laughs> But it was fun. Well, you missed the VMAs, and I'm sure that you're upset about that. Oh, I caught it all on social media. <laughs> caught it all. What an absolutely cooked event that is. What a shit show. Um, <laughs> Johnny Depp coming down as the moon man yeah. in the astronaut suit yeah. saying he needs work. Um, this was a weird part of it. You know that, that if anybody saw that news, and this is, I think, part of the, you know, if another attempt at him trying to get back into the public sphere after the very high profile defamation lawsuit that he brought against his ex-wife Amber Heard, something that was gross that we talked about throughout Bang On mm. um, over the last few weeks. And he's been doing little bits and pieces like getting up on stage and performing music, which he does, and now we saw him as a part of the VMAs. Apparently the people in the room didn't know that was happening. So he was superimposed, almost like a hologram on the moon man. He wasn't actually in the room. It was just a video stream and what people in the room were saying is that that wasn't happening during the ad breaks and what they realised later was, and you can see it in some of the recordings, that there aren't as many people in the room, so they would have recorded it earlier and then put canned applause responding to him. So people oh. in the room were pretty pissed off that they were seen to be supporting supporting something him that when it was all done aware. previously and it, they had no idea it was happening oh, during I had no idea about that. That's, the ceremony. That's messed up. I mean, that's according to Twitter and people who are in the room, but yeah. That's really just messed up. Just a really weird, whatever your feelings are about that um, court case, and I, I think I know where Bang Fam lie, but whatever your feelings are, highly divisive character and I think just a bung note, and it is all about spectacle. Mm. We're talking about it. It's all about getting in the news, maintaining relevance, but in a really cynical and gross way, I think. Yeah, and um, I don't know, aren't we done with the redemption of ordinary blokes? Like, I'm just so tired of it. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. Like, let them go. It was a weird choice. Not cool. What was cool, though, was Taylor Swift breaking the internet. She loves it, doesn't she? Oh, she does. Loves a little just, I'm just going to drop an album. And this is just a little record I got coming up. Didn't she drop it on Kanye's birthday or something like perhaps still holding a grudge from all those years ago when he took the mic? <laughs> I told some a news breakfast producer was telling me this as I was walking into the studio, which is what I love. This is the classic Gen X talking to a Zoomer or a mm. millennial. They're like, "And did you hear? She's dropping it on Kim Kardashian's birthday, <laughs> That's it. and it's the anniversary of the Kanye thing." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa like, you're reading the, way too the, much the into it. The conspiracy theory Reddit is absolutely going off, but I think that all of that possibly does exist. But the news that she's dropping an album of Midnight. new material. Of songs all written in the middle of the night. It's the insomnia record we all needed, <laughs> apparently. And uh, it's coming out in October. Now, the best thing to come out of this is not news that Taylor Swift has got new music, but an incredible TikTok, which I have been watching over and over again by an excellent human by the name of Abby Butler. Now, I want to give you full disclosure. Abby works at Triple J Unearthed. She is a community producer at Unearthed. Abby's amazing on TikTok, goes under the handle... Flabby Gutler. Oh, I love that. 
she made an amazing video of her Im- imaginings of what this Midnight's album <laughs> might be. It's had half a million views. Um, should we take a listen to some of her impressions of of exactly what we can expect from Taylor Swift? Yes, please. All right, well, here's how it starts. This is my impression of the new Taylor Swift album. Yeah, because it's midnight <laughs> and we're turning out the lights. If there's no rhyme with midnight and lights. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going into some classic Taylor Swift. Yeah. Or maybe if we track further into her most recent uh, outings. Oh, yeah. And we're out here <laughs> and it's midnight and we're turning all of the fairy lights and I'm wearing your jacket and you're wearing my jacket we're wearing each other's jackets and it's cold out and I can see the moon because it's me <laughs> So some folklore era Taylor Swift Or maybe you want to jump into a bit more reputation era Hey, it's midnight And I don't care because do you want to fight Yeah, girl It's midnight and I got all of my girls And we're here and it's midnight What's it say? That's why I'm in the night It is midnight 12. I love it And one more going back to the OG Tay-Tay Oh, oh yeah, yeah, my daddy said <laughs> you can't come and sleep over at my house. In fact, we're going to sleep in the barn and we're going to stay up till midnight. Yeah, yeah. The comments are amazing. Oh, it's so good. Many I've got people saying here. that they want this to be the actual album and yeah. how did she predict all the lyrics? <laughs> um, someone else has said, can't wait for the song, Jacket. <laughs> You've all heard Cardigan and we know what that means. Now get ready for Jacket. And then someone else has written jackets in brackets, extended version. <laughs> so, good. so good. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, that video was on BBC Breakfast Radio, Radio 1, uh, yesterday as well. And I think she's quietly freaking out. But this isn't the first time that Abby's gone viral. So if you're in TikTok, full disclosure, I had to get my 10 years younger millennial producer to send me the TikTok because I'm not oh. on TikTok. <laughs> Send it to me. I'm on TikTok. I used to be. I, I, I've got my name on there. That's it. But if you're like me and you haven't dived into TikTok because you know it'll suck you even further into well, your phone. it just phone. comes up on Instagram anyway about two weeks later. So I'm quite happy being two weeks late on stuff, hot content from TikTok. That's also what we're here for. So we'll just put that link in the show notes. Yeah. We're here to explain things to you. Um, is Taylor... And thank you to Phoebe for explaining it to me. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, is Taylor Swift going to do a version of Midnight's at the Oasis? It's midnight at, <laughs> Midnight's at the Oasis. I mean, anything's up for grabs. It's very, very exciting. Uh, Zan, if, if you've listened to the podcast Teacher's Pet, which I do believe is not available at the moment due to the fact that the trial against Chris Dawson uh, for allegedly murdering his wife, Lynette Dawson, 40 years ago, um, if you have heard that podcast, you'll know the story behind it. If you haven't, you would have seen it on the news of late. Dawson, who's now 74 years old, was accused of killing Lynette Dawson back in 1982. Her body was never found and the husband, Dawson, has always maintained that he was not involved in her disappearance. Um, uh, and Lynette's family have always fought the case that she was in fact murdered mm. and that she would not leave her two children. So this has been going on for years and years. There's been various trials. He's always succeeded, but finally a a verdict was announced on Tuesday and a lot of people were waiting on this verdict, given the interest in the podcast, Teacher's Pet. Um, yeah, it, it was found that Dawson is in fact guilty of her murder, 40 years. And a five-hour verdict that was delivered from the judge who had 
spent since July when the case finished deliberating on this verdict. So Mm. this is something that the judge spent a lot of time dissecting because nobody has been found. Mm. So in terms of evidence... There, there, there is, is no, no concrete evidence, like, yeah, yes. Yeah, so no physical evidence. So spent a long time deliberating and spent a long time delivering that verdict, but has been found guilty and spent his first night in jail, 40 years, which is incredible, isn't it, when you think about the time span that it took for this to um, come to justice. And, of course, the family, very relieved at this verdict, but still when I saw their response on the steps, um, still heartbroken that they they just want him to say, now that it's been said that you've, you know, you're guilty, where, where is she? We want to bring yeah. her home. And you yeah. saw that pain on their faces. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, like this, this was a case that was, I didn't listen to the podcast because I don't really listen to a true crime podcasts, but um, it had been open multiple times over the years. And it was actually opened again. The case had been opened again in 2018 at the same time that Hedley Thomas published that podcast. But, of course, that brought it into the public's attention in a huge way. And, yeah, it's fascinating to see how, um, you know, it it took four decades. But um, I don't think the podcast gave any new evidence, but it certainly gave a lot more attention to the case, didn't it? And you think about all of the cases, um, particularly in, you know, allegations of violence against women, which is, you know, a a scourge of life today, you know, a reminder of how many people suffer every week Mm. from domestic violence uh, and how long it can take these cases to come to court, if at all. Mm. Like it's it's still so shocking that we're still in this place. Yeah. So it was a win, I think, for the family. A long, long waited for win. Yeah. But still, just a reminder of just how hard it is to prosecute. Why is it so hard to prosecute these manners? So many reasons. Obviously, there's a whole podcast about there it. There is a whole podcast about it. But uh, how many women disappeared because police at the time just didn't investigate yeah. the spouse? Yeah. Didn't assume that that might be the first port of call when it comes to violence against women, as it often is. Violence occurs predominantly in the home rather than from a stranger on the street. And this was not the case back in those days and he was a high-profile rugby rugby player. I'm not sure if it's union or league. I never know the difference. Um, he was friends with the local police. The investigation basically never happened mm. at the time and it was it was deemed inappropriate. And I think fortunately... Things have changed, although it was interesting to see Grace Tame on Twitter. She she wrote, uh, in fact, it was a reply to a, a tweet of Peter Dutton's. She said that it took 20 years for justice to be done is an indictment on our legal system. Of all the test cases for justice and accountability, vindication for Lynette after 40 years would have to be one of the worst on record. We live in a country where our reactive justice system remains stacked in favour of abusers. Mm. And I think that's something we we should take heed from this. It's, It's still not easy. It's still not easy, even though things have changed to a certain degree. The system itself still works against the victims as opposed to uh, trying to investigate the abusers. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult verdict. It's not one that comes with a lot of joy, I think. It's just great sadness mm. and, and to know that there are many, many, many more that would never have been investigated and still won't be is just deeply devastating. 
Oh, some breaking news from mm. one of our favourite people. Again, something that just dropped this morning and I already got an email into the bang box straight away. Oh, really? Saying, are you going to talk about Doggy Everyone's Parton? On it. Doggy Parton. <laughs> what is Doggy Parton? Well, it is, as it sounds like, Dolly Parton-inspired pet attire and accessories. And in true Dolly form, she is giving a portion of the sales to an animal rescue farm because she's a lord. Have you ever wanted to dress up your dog in a Dolly Parton wig and dress? I'm trying to open the link. I can't at the moment. The one that you've got on, it's my, my circle's going far too slowly. I can't see the level Because of, she's broken the internet. I can't see the level of diamante and bedazzling that might, might be going on. There's a pearl necklace that you can put on a dog, and I don't mean that in a sexy way. I mean literally pearls. <laughs> Classed together with the iconic Dolly Parton butterfly. What about a fluffy pink cowboy hat for your little doggo? I love it. Or maybe you'd like a gingham dress and shirt. I reckon Viv would rock this look. I reckon she would too. She's. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking the hat that would last about two seconds. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at the wig and going as if a dog is going to sit there while you put a fake hair, blonde, platinum blonde wig on their head (laughs) with a little plastic band underneath its chin. Real pageant parent material here, isn't it, with doggy button? I I apologise to all dogs for this (laughs) clothing line. All dogs that will be dressed in it, I apologise now. You Are you apologising to your own dog? I'm apologising to my own dog. All dogs will be dressed without their consent. Um, and I know it's not okay, but, like, quite frankly, this is amazing. It's I mean, so good. And it's so perfect for people who treat their pets like children, which increasingly is the case, as less and less people choose to have children or just choose to live a different life and instead have their pets. The we really shirt. do still... In a world full of Jolene's, be a dolly. That's in one of the T-shirts. That's pretty cute. It's amazing. Oh, the dress, the pink cowgirl dress. Oh, and the denim. The the denim jacket is pretty good because it's not good denim. Like it's that sort of, you know, that blue that's got a little bit of super fade in it, but then it goes back to dark. Mm. It's that one. (laughs) It's not great. Trashtastic. It is. It really is. It's Look, it's, yeah, the, the denim is of European jeans circa 2003. I've lost you to Doggy Parton. Yeah, I can sorry, see the I'm look gone. in my eyes. Miff is literally online shopping as we wind up bang <laughs> on for this week. Goodbye. It's been a great episode. Oh, there's such good pictures of Dolly too. I would want all these T-shirts. Why can't you do this range in normal T-shirts? That's what I argue as well. Children and dogs get the best clothes. They do. <laughs> can we talk about this? Like fashion, when you go to the shops, why is it that whenever you go to the kids' department, you see their clothes, it's block colour, it's simple, the styles are simple, they look like they'd suit everybody. Mm. It's the best. It's the same as the kids' menu. You always want what's on the kids' menu. What is Is it us that's stunted? <laughs> no. And we haven't developed? Just or is simple it simple things. Sometimes you just want something simple. And cute and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, I love that. Kids' life. Yeah. Regressing with every episode. (laughs) Now, speaking of country music, I just, before we get into our bang on for this week, I wanted to shout out a country music legend, Fanny Lumsden, who many people would know, awesome singer-songwriter, Fanny's Bang Fam. I'm really pleased to know this. This is good. She's, yeah, I I knew that she listened because she often like comments or, or likes our posts, but I got a wonderful email from her and I know that she's up to date because you might remember that we've been talking a lot Um, recently about naturism, Mm. the rise of nudism um, or nudists. And um, Fanny decided to bounce into the bang box with this story. 
Um, I just will also say that Fanny does lean into her artist name. She has some of the best merch, speaking of merch. It says, I love Fanny. I love Fanny on trucker caps, <laughs> which is a great, bold look to enter into the world with. Anyway, so Fanny writes this. A couple of years ago, Dan and I, Dan's her husband and also her bandmate. A couple of years ago, Dan and I were doing our Under the Heels Hoist backyard gig tour up the coast of Australia. And we had an application form from a group who were keen to host. We arrived at a beautiful bush location to set up, only to be greeted by the jolly host bounding down the hill in all his natural glory. Not a thread more. We quickly realised that, in fact, the entire audience would be donning their birthday suits only. (gasps) Jokes ensued as we greeted all of them and noted we didn't know it was going to be that kind of fanny show. (laughs) But here we were. It peaked when they insisted on playing totem tennis. (laughs) No physical activity. Which is a bit in our show where the audience plays a game of totem tennis as we sing its namesake song, which encouraged the swinging of dicks and bits. (laughs) We were invited to join in. However, at seven months pregnant, it was not that inviting as everything was a bit leaky at that point. And I also felt I couldn't possibly reach the cuteness of Jenny from Forrest Gump. (laughs) However, overall, though, it was a very funny and memorable gig, not in the least bit sexy, as weirdly it only got weird when it cooled down a little and they put on flannies and jackets, which really just framed everything. Or maybe the guy who had a hat, a tie and nothing else and insisted on reciting bush poetry from a stump. I love this! Oh, Fanny, you are the best. What a show. And just turning up and not knowing what you're about to experience. Shouldn't it come with like a warning or something if you're going to a nudist show? Maybe they like saw her merch and went, if she's got a trucker cap saying, I love Fanny, she's going to be cool with this. She's going to be cool with a lot of Fanny and and penises and all sorts of business. Thank you so much for that email, Fanny. Thank you to everyone who emails us. I do try to get back to you. Um, It's been a little bit busy of late, but we got heaps of emails about the great read on why people in their 30s are giving up on music as well. Um, A lot of you are in the same boat as us. It's a shifting relationship. It's not an abandonment. Thank you for all of your beautiful emails. We do read them all. What are you banging on about this week? I am banging on about a book. I've I've got to do an in conversation coming up in a couple of weeks with none other than Jarvis Cocker yes! of Pulp, uh, the UK group that had huge success in the 90s. Uh, Common People is the song that obviously everybody would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been threatening to write a memoir for years and, of course, I'd, I've, I've always been waiting for it and keen to read it. It's finally out and it's really, really good and it's really, really cute. It's called Good Pop, Bad Pop and it's a memoir that only takes us up to his 25th year of life, I think. But he uses a device that I'm, I was so, when I was reading, I was going, this is genius. Why didn't I think of this for my book? <laughs> It's a wonderful device because what he's done is actually go into an area in his loft in a house that he hasn't lived in for years, but, you know, just got put stuff up there, you know, which we all do. We've all got that cupboard or mm-hmm. that, that what it, like it makes me anxious just stuff thinking about how drawer. much stuff I've got. Yeah. Anyway, he went up there and he went through everything and he looked at it and he decided what to keep and what to throw out. And what he's done is tell stories about his life but related to these bits of what we call tat. Stuff that doesn't matter. It's the stuff that we keep that really we probably shouldn't. Tell, and and the, the, the stuff we have no interest in, hence that, that sort of real interest in pop 
culture, you know, the, the stuff of the everyday that actually tells us more about ourselves than so much else. And it's a beautiful launch pad. It's like a diving board to That's stories. That's such a great idea. And it's freaking great and it's really cute and it's it's really honestly written and I, I can hear his voice when I read it and I read the whole thing really quickly and I was like, I was quite, actually quite jealous of how good it was because I was like, fuck you, that's a great idea. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm also a very firm believer of that kind of ethos on life. You know, it's the stuff of the everyday that tells us more about ourselves mm. than perhaps, you know, the big stuff, the grand stuff. 100%. Yeah. So it's it's a great read. It's fun. And there's lots of good pictures. You know, like he even kept like a little bit of Cussin's Imperial Leather. You know, where you know when you use the soap so much you've only got the yeah. the little bit of paper yeah. bit at the end? He kept that. But that led to a story. Like it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Makes yeah. me want to think about all the shit that I've got stuffed in. Because I, I keep things. Yeah. Mainly because I've got a terrible memory. Have I, you? I doubt that. No, a terrible memory. No way. Terrible. I can't. I, I don't believe this. Terrible. You read this because you're going to be doing an in conversation yeah, at Sydney, Sydney Opera House. Yeah, as part of the Antidote Festival. That's so right. If you want to go along and see that, Miff is going to be chatting with Jarvis. What a delightful pairing that will be. Oh, I can't. I wait. love that. I can't wait. I'm very, very excited because I just think it's a great little book. Um, speaking of, I read and I can't think of the title of it right now. The book you recommended a couple of weeks ago by the Japanese author, Nobel Prize winning author. Clara and the Sun. Yes, I read that. Unreal. <laughs> Clearly, I've got no memory. Did you like it? I loved it. Thank you so much. Did you that. read it when you were in Bali? Yes, I did. Great holiday read. Great holiday read. Great page turner. Yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Thank yeah. you for that recommendation. Oh, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you read it. Yeah. Um, a lot of Bang Fam got in touch after I talked about that and also posted it on my Instagram. It's a beautiful book. It's a gorgeous book. Um, what are you banging on about? Well, I'm banging on about another book as well because I've been um, busy reading this one and it's a book that I've been meaning to read for ages because everyone was talking about this in the last year. It's won a heap of awards. It is the debut novel from a, I think, Sydney writer because it's set in Sydney. Her name's Diana Reed, and Love and Virtue is the title of it. The story behind this is two friends, Michaela and Eve, they befriend each other in their first year at a residential college at university. So, you know, some unis, particularly the old school ones like mm. Melbourne and Sydney Uni, you can stay basically as a boarder on campus at these colleges. You can imagine the kind of stuff that happens at college, right? Mm. You know, when you're just moving out of the family home to college, it can be good and bad. And they live next to each other in adjacent rooms. And Eve is really confident. She's very self-assured. She's really popular. Michaela is more kind of... Not so sure of herself, very eager to please. Uh, something happens one night in O Week and that colours the whole rest of the story. And it is such a great page turner. Like it really captures very authentically that university experience and also the relationship. You know when you read stories, much like Elena Frantia, which I banged on about years ago, mm. she just writes female friendships so well. And if you've ever been in one, then you know, you just connect with it immediately. I feel like Diana Reed just wrote this friendship so well, um, but also really explores, you know, power, privilege, a lot of feminism questions. It reminded me a lot of Helen Garner's The First Stone, which is also set in a residential college, which ruffled a lot of feathers. Which is a real story. Various reasons, which is a real story. Um, and that book raised a lot of questions and this book raises a lot of questions and I think it's good to have those sort of books that sometimes you are questioning yourself as opposed to just reading something and being delivered the story or the answers. Um, yeah, it's it's a good read. So I know a lot of people have read this one because it has been a bestseller, but uh, if you've been looking at it and seeing it, you know, at the airport bookshop or 
wherever and friends have had it, highly recommend. And I just gave it to Caitlin, one of our brilliant bang babes, and she read it like in a weekend. Yeah. So it's a great page turner, Love and Virtue by Diana Reed. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I'll put that on the list too. Well, you know. I need another holiday to go and read something. I'm glad that you're back on the, back on the books because when I said to you a few weeks ago, oh, you want to read a book, you're like, no. I only listen to audio books. Yeah. I hate books. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to look at a book again. I still haven't seen my book. It hasn't turned up yet. Oh, it's man. not ready. I'm waiting for that Instagram story of when you unbox the book. I always love that. It's exciting. <laughs> you, you wrote a book. <laughs> I feel sick. Hey, everyone, Miff wrote a book. I feel sick. But I don't, uh, it's, it's exciting. It is exciting. It's very exciting. But and I now she can get really back sick. to watching maths. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, if you want to know um, what I really watched, like what I'd really bang on about if, <laughs> if there was a trash bang, um, uh, Selling the OC, which is a follow-up to Selling Sunset, but oh, now they're branched based out. in the OC. Huge. <laughs> Love it. All right. It's terrible. Watch it. <laughs> That's my review. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. On. Oh, be closer, tiny dancer. You sound like her. No, I didn't. I was a bit like twangy there. 